And although, you know, we've made progress on energy access broadly, the reality is that women do not have the same opportunities as men to take advantage of increased access. You know, while gains have been made over the past 20 or so years around gender equality and women's rights, women are still on the front lines. They are the first ones to feel the impacts of energy poverty. They are the first ones to be removed from school to fetch firewood and collect water. They're the first ones who have to walk farther and farther distances to collect cooking fuel for their families. And one thing we recognize at CCA, which I think is so integral to the work that we're doing is while women are, you know, as I just spelled out, disproportionately negatively affected, it's important for us to really ensure that we remember that women are not just passive recipients of cleaner energy. I and mean, we see this so much in our sector. They truly are at the front lines, whether it's you know, employing local knowledge to design community solutions or leading investment-ready companies. Women are activating the essential change that we have to leverage in order to truly, you know, fulfill our vision of sustainable energy for all. That was Jacinta Izapier, Gender Manager at the Clean Cooking Alliance, and this is the Power for All podcast. I'm your host, Divya Kotario. In this episode, we will be speaking to Jacinta about progress and challenges faced in promoting greater gender equality in the clean energy sector, and more specifically in the clean cooking space. But before that, just a reminder that you can find a wealth of sector news, analysis, and data on our website, powerforall.org, and our platform for energy access knowledge, Peak. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter and other updates, and support our work by making a donation from our homepage. With that, welcome Jacinta. Hi, Divya. This is so exciting. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to, uh, to discuss this really important topic with you all and um, to have this conversation. So thank you again. Great. Thank you. Um, so Jacinda, as part of your work with the Clean Cooking Alliance, uh, you manage grants to local social enterprises to scale the sector through women's entrepreneurship, and you also support gender mainstreaming initiatives. Um, so in light of that, what does this year's International Women's Day theme choose to challenge mean to you, and especially when it comes to women who are at the forefront of scaling energy access? And how do you see your mission tying into that? Yeah, this is such a great uh, question to jumpstart this conversation. I think when I think about this this challenge, we're, we're really pushing up against something, a, a difficult thing to, to tackle, which is energy poverty. And as we're discussing progress on gender equality and women's empowerment this month, it's important for us to keep in mind the millions of women and girls who are currently living in energy poverty. And although, you know, we've made progress on energy access broadly, the reality is that women do not have the same opportunities as men to take advantage of increased access. You know, while gains have been made over the past 20 or so years around gender equality and women's rights, women are still on the front lines. They are the first ones to feel the impacts of energy poverty. They are the first ones to be removed from school to fetch firewood and collect water. They're the first ones who have to walk farther and farther distances to collect cooking fuel for their families. And one thing we recognize at CCA, which I think is so integral to the work that we're doing, is while women are, you know, as I just spelled out, disproportionately negatively affected, it's important for us to really ensure that we remember that women are not just passive recipients of cleaner energy. I mean, we see this so much in our sector. They truly are at the front lines, whether it's you know, employing local knowledge to design community solutions or leading investment ready companies, women are activating the essential change that we have to leverage in order to truly, you know, fulfill our vision of sustainable energy for all. Um, And this is something like I mentioned is really important to us at CCA. We position women as truly the essential levers in scaling energy access, you know, whether 
are uh, they are seen as consumers and users who are benefiting from energy access or as employees and entrepreneurs, they truly are um, and have a catalytic role in the sector. So I just would love for us to remember this this month that and to really think about how you know, by fully utilizing women's expertise and, and tapping into their entrepreneurial spirit, we can really activate new approaches to increase access um, to energy. So this is this is something that just remains at the top of my mind when I think about this, this theme choose to challenge. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, like you said, women are the first ones to face the impacts of energy poverty. Just fully activating them in these approaches would um, increase uh, increase access not just for women but for communities as a whole. Exactly. Um, I know you recently published your uh, 2020 annual report. And yeah. what are some of the exciting achievements or notable moments for women in the clean cooking sector from there? Yeah. No. I mean, I just want to take a moment to give a special virtual podcast shout out to our communications team. They really did such an amazing job putting this report together, and I think. You know, it truly is a wonderful reflection of the various ways that women have showed up in the sector, um, whether it's through CCA's efforts or, or, you know, work that's done by our partners. And so just thinking about some of those notable achievements, I think that a big one, which um, I hope to speak to you a little bit more about, is we were able to launch our Women in Clean Clicking Mentorship Program. And so this is a super exciting initiative. Um, We're doing it in collaboration with other sector actors like Sustainable Energy for All, and the Global Women's Network for the Energy Transition. Um, And so with this initial cohort, we were able to select 30 mentees from across Africa and Asia um, from a pool of over 150 applicants. So that's just such a big demonstration of how we're seeking to really tackle professional development gaps for women in the sector. Um, Another thing that's showcased in the report is the interview series that we've published in, in 2020 called the Women Energizing Change Series. So this was a way for us to highlight the crucial and varied ways that women are advancing development of of the clean cooking sector. And just thinking about how women are truly essential and their involvement throughout the value chain is necessary to achieve universal access. And the women that we showcased in 2020 and and the series is ongoing really demonstrate that. So for example, we showcased Esther from Sistema Bio and how, you know, and she talks about how a biogas company really saw its sales increase, even though they were under strict COVID-19 restrictions. You know, we also showcase Kalinda um, from Haiti, and she runs a clean cooking business that that really creatively adapted to food insecurity challenges during COVID. And then we also showcased an entrepreneur from Nigeria, Happy Amos, and how, you know, she's managing a a stove manufacturing and retail company, and she was able to adopt different digital marketing strategies to, to grow her customer base. So I think these are all uh, really goes back to our, our desire to always ensure that we're creating a platform to elevate just the amazing ways that women are showing up in the sector and how women are truly um, not just sort of victims of this issue, but they are solution makers and they're doing this every day. Another thing that that you know we spoke a little bit about in the report, but plan to do so in future communications is our work around providing sort of gender advisory support to companies and implementing our, our gender strategy overall. Um, you know, the launch of this mentorship program is is in support of that implementation of the gender strategy, but we also have a lot of plans of, of what we want to do with companies. And so we sort of gave a, a brief teaser but um, hoping to provide much more detailed information to the sector as we as we kickstart this. But 
But, you know, I, I think overall these these various achievements are truly a reflection of I, I, I keep saying this in this in this podcast, but I really want to drive home this belief that we cannot improve energy access without the full participation and input from women. You know, they're the ones who have the firsthand experience of the effects and they're the ones who really have the true understanding of what is required to make solutions work in a contextualized, sustainable manner. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the gender advisory to companies. If you can talk a little bit more about that, but also in the context of, you know, how do we actually promote gender equality and women's empowerment, especially in this time of COVID recovery and everyone's figuring out how to do that. And with respect to the clean energy sector, what would happen if we failed to promote this greater gender equality in the space? Yeah, no, uh, super great and, and relevant question. So I can speak a bit about the advisory support first, and then we'll dive into COVID specific, you know, mitigation and recovery efforts that are needed. Yeah. So, you know, what we see from this gender advisory support, and this all comes out of our, the consultations that we did for our gender strategies, recognizing that, you know, companies are really strapped for resources, and, and you know, they, they don't necessarily have the in-house sort of capacity, tools, and resources to be able to to integrate gender-informed business approaches. Um, and, you know, and, and alongside that, I think there's also a, a need to sort of have strong, you know, business case evidence to demonstrate the why. And so we decided to sort of shift our, our focus to much more tailored one-on-one support. So when we think about this gender advisory support, this is sort of one-on-one support to companies to help work with their leadership, work with their staff to be able to adopt, you know, gender-informed approaches and also to be able to see and understand the value of doing so. And so we've developed this, this six-step process that consists of a gender diagnostic tool to help serve as a baseline, as well as a conversation starter on sort of where and how gender shows up along the value chain. And then we transition to a series of customizable trainings based off of sort of the knowledge gaps for the company. And then we sort of go into the action plan development stage where we've developed sort of a suite of offerings for companies. So, you know, if if a company's goal is specifically around capital raising efforts, we've developed what we see as a menu (laughs) for companies to select. Um, and then lastly, we'll look at sort of generating learnings and developing a business case study. And I think at the heart of this is really to meet companies where they are. This is by no means prescriptive and it's really much more customizable. So companies can hopefully select what, what best suits them and then we can co-create a, a, a plan for implementing them in sort of working with and through company staff um, and in hopes that this is much more sustainable as opposed to, you know, if we were to helicopter in and do a training and then leave. So this, these are all things that we're going to be testing out. Um, and this is where sort of the learning piece is so essential. But but we're really hoping, again, that this is another effort to really meet companies where they are and to work with and through them, most importantly. And so COVID recovery, I mean, this is so essential. And, I, and, and when I sort of think about the ways in which women have shown up. I'm sort of, I reflect on my career broadly and how I would say a unifying thread throughout all the work that I've done is really the transformational power of women's resilience and perseverance. And I think that's something that we're witnessing in how women have been responding to the pandemic. Um, and and so one thing I, I, I thought to share is a, a webinar that, you know, we did alongside Sustainable Energy for All and Energia at the onset of the pandemic last year. So essentially, you know, before thinking about what's needed as a response, we really first wanted to take a step back and understand exactly how women were responding to the pandemic, you know, specifically, how is the pandemic affecting women entrepreneurs in the sustainable energy sector? So 
we hosted a webinar and sort of highlight, highlighted the experiences of five women entrepreneurs from around the world. And we really wanted to create you know, a virtual space for entrepreneurs to share their stories, um, to unpack insights, and to really just create a platform again for them to, to just echo out their responsiveness to the pandemic. And, you know, when thinking about what was shared, I mean, these stories were unbelievable. They were honest, they were insightful, they were encouraging. And, you know, most importantly, I think they demonstrated a level of true ingenuity and adaptability that women entrepreneurs are invoking in, in order to respond to p- the pandemic. Um, and so now when, you know, we're at the point where we're thinking about COVID recovery, I think, you know, the reality is, is that women entrepreneurs have been adjusting and having to bear additional responsibilities due to sort of the nature of what's been happening. And, and as such, it is immensely critical to recognize, you know, these invaluable creative contributions they can provide in COVID recovery. You know, we, we are all in this together and we're all sort of jointly seeking to better understand the effects on our gender and energy community. And as such, I think one thing we have to truly advocate for is as we sort of collectively on a global stage transition to a point where we are, you know, responding and hopefully rebuilding to the ways in which the pandemic has affected our sector, women have to be at the center of those efforts. Like no questions asked. They We have to ensure that they have equal access to response and recovery efforts. Um, and, you know, broadly speaking, gender equality and women's empowerment must be addressed as a vital element in the global equation towards recovery. We must insist that all policies and frameworks are gender responsive and just really take a critical lens and prism to ensure that we are providing equal benefit to and, you know, responding to the unique needs of of men and women. And I I truly believe that without this, any sort of implementation of a post-recovery, post-COVID recovery effort is going to be unsuccessful and incredibly daunting. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I know you talked a little bit about the Women in Clean Cooking Mentorship Program earlier, but if you can just talk a little bit more about the, you know, the thinking behind it and what you hope to see uh, see it become. Yeah, of course. Um, so similar to the gender advisory support that I mentioned, this the creation for this came out of the consultations we did for our gender strategies. So one thing that was coming out in, in the conversations we were having with sector actors was this sort of presumable glass ceiling specifically for women employees in the sector and how, you know, it's really difficult to cultivate this leadership pipeline from early to senior leadership positions. And, you know, this, this bottleneck that early to mid management women employees are facing in the sector to be able to sort of rise up and attain professional mobility. And so when thinking about how to respond to this challenge that we saw, we, you know, decided to tap into partnerships. So again, we connected with Sustainable Energy for All, and they connected us with the Global Women's Network for the Energy Transition. And so we jointly sort of co-created this Women in Clean Cooking Mentorship Program. And the idea is that this is specifically targeting, again, that early to mid-management tier in the clean cooking sector around the world. Um, And and our goal, goal here collectively is to think about how can we fill this professional development gap for women employees and how can we sort of enhance this leadership pipeline through tailored one-on-one mentorship support as well as sort of skills and professional development along the way and different sort of career enhancing activities. So so the structure of this program, it, it you know, it does have a regional focus of Africa and Asia. And like I mentioned, the crux of it is really this bilateral exchange between mentees and mentors. Um, and these mentors are seasoned energy professionals from our networks or, you know, GW's Women in Energy Expert Platform. 
And alongside the sort of bilateral exchanges that happen on a monthly basis between the mentees and mentors, we also host virtual um, networking opportunities. We're also going to be curating different knowledge transfer webinars. We're thinking about creative sort of informal ways for the mentees to convene. And, and, I, and I think, you know, at the heart of this is to really meet women where they are again and to think about like what specific type of skills can we provide what specific type of professional development opportunities can we connect them to to really help them i uh, you know reach what their next sort of projected business or professional milestone is and i think there there's definitely a jointly held belief along um amongst the three of us you know gwnet cc and se for all that you know by intentionally prioritizing and really cultivating the professional and personal development of women employees in the sector, this is an, another effort to enhance the catalytic role that women can play in clean cooking. That sounds really exciting. And I, I can't wait till you have some amazing stories to report out from, you know, um, you know from the women who come out of this program. Um, so, uh, well, Jacinda, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Uh, yeah, you know, This was really insightful. And um, so can you just tell our listeners where they can find uh, you know, your annual report and just other stuff that you're putting out there? Yeah, so um, two places. I would say our website aggregates all of the reports that we generate, um, as well as our newsletter. So so feel free to, if you look on our website and our contact us, you'll see an email address and a way to get signed up to our newsletter. And that's probably the quickest way to to receive information around, around the initiatives that CCA is doing, as well as also sector actors, because we do also promote the work of our partners as well. Great. Well, thanks again, Jacinta. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you for having me.